0: Welcome to another episode of How to Read the Bible. I'm your host, Nate Claiborne, and today we're talking about Paul's letter to the Galatians. Now, we have recorded a more extensive introduction to the book a while back, and we'll link to that in the show notes here, Uh, and I don't want to retread all of that ground, especially doing it by myself, Uh, but what I'm doing now is just giving some... Additional resources that you can use if you want to study Galatians more in depth this summer, and we'll do the same thing for Ephesians and Philippians and uh, the rest of the books in CBR over these next several months. So with Galatians, I'm I'm also uh, looking at reading the New Testament as Christian scripture, which I think I referenced with the 2 Corinthians podcast a couple weeks ago, and it just provides a really good overall orientation to the book. It's got little footnotes here, noting that it's written in AD 49, which if if that doesn't mean anything to you right off, that's just a way of noting it's one of Paul's earliest letters. Um, and then it's t- it gives you a little bit about where it was written to. Galatia is a region, so that's different than Corinth, which is a city. So Paul's writing to a group of churches, most likely. Uh, and so that explains why it may feel a little less personal than 2 Corinthians felt, where he's writing to a specific church that he planted and knew people in and had been visiting back and forth. Um, Galatians, though, is probably more significant to most of us because of how... Uh, It was utilized in the Reformation. Luther's commentary on Galatians is one of the classic works in that vein. Um, And along with Romans, we feel as if those two books really are Paul's place of talking about justification the most. And so while that is true, there's a lot else going on in Galatians, um, some of which it would actually be helpful to be more familiar with the Old Testament. Uh, To understand. So, I mean, Abraham is a significant feature in Galatians in chapter three, questioning who the true sons of Abraham are. Uh, Abraham's faith as a model for believers is significant. Uh, And then he also draws uh, parallels with Sarah and Hagar and uses that to explain uh, the differences between living by faith and living under the law. Uh, And then he contrast spirit and flesh a little bit later. So some of these things are really important themes, and I've found uh, the chapter that I've got in here in this reading, the New Testament as Christian Christian Scripture, to be really helpful for distinguishing all those. Um, Alongside that, I picked up a book called Paul and the Power of Grace. It's by a scholar named John Barclay. Maybe it's Berkeley. I'm not entirely sure based on the spelling. Um, I should know this though, but I'm just admitting that I don't. He wrote a book several years ago called Paul and the Gift, uh, which was very significant for the study of Paul's letters and was really focusing on the understanding of the word gift, grace, and how we're supposed to understand grace in Paul's writings. And so this book is basically taking that larger book and distilling it down into a much shorter volume that's Uh, less scholarly to some degree. Um, Sometimes I have a hard time judging what counts as a scholarly resource and what might be suitable for someone who's just curious about Uh, what is grace in Paul's writings. Uh, But I've found it really helpful, mainly because Galatians is one of the main books he focuses on. He focuses on Romans and Galatians, uh, and then he draws some material from other parts of Paul's letters. Um, But so far, it's been a very useful little resource to help understand how grace is at work, not just in Paul's writings, but even in the first century and Roman culture of that time, uh, so that we don't unnecessarily draw our own understandings of gift giving and what we might think of grace and then apply that back into the Bible. We want to understand what those concepts meant in the time of the writing of the Bible so that it helps us understand what the authors actually meant. Uh, Beyond that, though, when we're trying to make sense of Galatians, we can still do the same things I mentioned in the Jeremiah podcast, the things that I mentioned in the Second Corinthians podcast, which is to Read through the book in multiple translations. You can read through it in the NIV, the ESV. Uh, It's really up to you, but just seeing the way certain verses are translated differently in different translations can be very eye-opening and can just push you to ask questions of what Paul meant in certain places, especially if you've really only been reading in one translation for most of your life, to pick up a different translation and compare notes as you're doing your CBR reading or as you're doing some Bible study, can be a very illuminating activity. Um, beyond that, I wanted to draw attention to just a couple commentaries. Uh, one of them is by John Stott, and it's in that Bible Speaks Today series that I mentioned in the previous podcast. It's called The, M- the Message of Galatians. Um, and it is... It's been around for a while, so it's stood a little bit, uh, relatively speaking, stood the test of time. Uh, John Stott's a great commentator. He was a great pastor uh, for a number of years over in the UK, and pretty much any short commentary like that that he has written is worth adding to your library if you're the kind of person who's looking at building out a theological library. Um, another one that's worth checking into is Scott McKnight's volume in the NIV application commentary series. Now, I should make a note here. He's coming at Paul from maybe a slightly different perspective than you're used to. Some of you know what I mean by that. Some of you don't, and I don't want to get too technical in trying to explain uh, what all is going on with these different perspectives on Paul. Um, but the NIV application commentary series is a really useful series, especially for helping us think through how certain issues might apply today. And so one of the main issues in Galatians is Paul writing to the Galatians and really expressing the full range of emotions, but righteous anger being at the forefront of it, uh, and that his dismay that they would add to the gospel that he preached to them, that they would want to weave back in law-keeping as a way of... Uh, determining who's in and who's out as a believer. And um, we might not be tempted in the same way to go back to the Mosaic law and add that on to our practice of Christianity, but there are certainly other things today that are temptations that we may add to the gospel such that uh, the gospel is faith in Jesus plus this certain other thing, this certain other commitment or this certain other practice. And we... We do believe practices are important, especially here at New City when we're focusing this year on practicing the common rhythm, but we don't look at those practices as ways of earning our salvation or even ways of meriting salvation so much as ways that people who want to walk by faith would then live. And so it's not a, we definitely do not view it as a gospel issue. Um, but we definitely view it as a healthy Christians have spiritual disciplines and want to grow in their walk with God. And so that entails certain types of practices. Um, and we've picked some and structured them into the common rhythm. And you can listen to you know the episodes that we're putting out now about how different staff members, different members of the church are practicing the common rhythm. And we hope that those are helpful to kind of See that there are different ways of going about the same goal of growing in our walk with God and love of God and love of neighbor. So, Galatians, and even as we get into Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians in the coming weeks, are going to be useful because Paul really gives us a pattern of discipleship. What does it actually mean, boots on the ground to live by faith? And in Galatians, here he kicks off things with talking about Abraham, and in Ephesians, he's going to talk about some different things, and we'll, we'll bring in some resources for that. But um, depending on what sort of margin you're looking at in your life right now, you may have more or less time to focus on these letters this summer. I know for some of us, summer is a time when life slows down a little bit. Sometimes there's vacations in the mix. Uh, for other people, summer is not any different than spring or fall as far as how busy you may or may not be. But with our community Bible reading, we are hitting these letters of the New Testament every single year, and so it, if this is not the year to do a little extra um, digging in God's Word than maybe next year is, Uh, maybe later this year is, especially as we get into some very unfamiliar parts of the Bible for most of us when we start looking at the minor prophets. But in the meantime, we hope that these short little resource episodes are helpful and encouraging and give you some additional things you could look into if you're really interested in studying the Bible in more detail and depth. And so we will be back again next week talking about Ephesians, because we're going to be kind of rapid fire here for the next few weeks. And until next time, I'm your host, Nate Claiborne.